Welcome back to Cover Stories B-Sides. Uh, today we've got, I was about to call you Austin Wesley. <laughs> I have you in my phone as Austin Wesley because that's how I was oh introduced boy. to you. Yes. Luis Valdez. Vasquez. Vasquez. My bad. You're Luis close. Vasquez. Not jo- Joel Valdez. <laughs> um, that's the, uh, when you guys combine your forces. Um, Luis Vasquez, uh, a.k.a. Austin Wesley, a.k.a. a whirly doodle, um, a.k.a. owner of Sabor. Cocina Res- Mexicana. On Gilbo in San Antonio. Gilbo, yeah. Um, and you're just like a jack of all trades. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, jack of all trades, master of none. That's definitely me. You were actually the first, uh, the first podcast I was ever on was yours with uh, April Macy. The we comedian. should hang out more. Yeah, we really should. We should all really hang out more. Are you still doing that? I I, I am. I uh, I take long hiatuses from that one just because. I take every opportunity that comes my way. So, like, uh, that's one of the reasons I've never had a sponsor on that thing, and I kind of do whatever I want on that because I, I can step away from it for a while and then bring it back. I actually have some episodes with Burgundy Woods of Stylish TV coming up. Oh, cool. Um, there's this uh, YouTube science channel called um, – I forgot the name of it, but I have another one with a YouTuber, really famous science channel. But anyways, yeah, I, I do that every now and then. Oh, cool. And now you're doing stuff with the Express News, the daily briefings. Daily briefing. Uh, it's the top headlines for the day in the morning. Uh, the in-depth podcast, which is um, we talk to journalists. So whatever big story that week or the A1 on the on the Sunday paper is going to be, I get to interview that journalist, talk about their process and and how and why they do what they do. Awesome. Well, the reason you're on today is because you wanted to talk about Dua Lipa's cover of Golden Slumbers by originally by the Beatles. Originally by the Beatles, that's correct. Um, so what uh what what brought you to this song? Okay, so Golden Slumbers is my favorite Beatles song. I'm I'm like Beatles obsessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I didn't learn English till I was like six or seven years old, but the very first thing I do remember when 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 my earliest memories of the being in the United States is. There was a Beatles one commercial and uh, it came on late at night. It was an infomercial and it was something that me and my dad would watch because we would stay up late night watching random shit on Univision and uh, got really into the Beatles. But my all time favorite song is Golden Slumbers because it's just like a sweet lullaby. It, throughout the years, it's been like not it's not really everyone's favorite Beatles song. It's kind of obscure. And, yeah. And it's like a minute long. So it's, it's yeah. not really that long. So it was kind of like my personal my favorite little Beatles song and had a connection to my dad and stuff. But then when I had my son, I played it to him in the car and he reacted to it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the <laughs> cutest thing ever. And then one day we were at the restaurant and I was holding Anthony and I put the song on and I had a, like a real movie moment with him. Where yeah. He just like held my face and laid his like head on me. And I was like, Oh my heart. I'm dying. <laughs> and so I, I've, I've been in love with that song for different reasons throughout my life. And recently I've been obsessed with Dua Lipa. And then I found out she did a cover of it. And it just, I don't know. I, I've been listening to it a lot lately. Yeah, it's its a pretty true cover. Um, it's a little bit more more somber. Um, I, I, it's interesting just because, that, like you said, it is a little bit more obscure um, when it comes to the Beatles catalog. And it's part of that medley at the end of Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that medley is put together. Like everything about it, the way it, it flows, flows. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just so cool. And and I've I like the Beatles. I just haven't gotten into the deeper stuff. 
Um, I had a buddy who actually did karaoke one time and asked, who likes the Beatles? And everyone was like, yeah. And he sang Rocky Raccoon and no one knew the words. And he was so upset. <laughs> it hurts. <when> I <laughs> um, no, I, and it's not even that I picked Dua Lipa's cover of it because I like it that much. Because I think uh, Jennifer Hudson does a Jennifer oh, Hudson cool. version of it that's that's very Jennifer Hudson. And it's incredible. Uh, but Dua Lipa is my latest artist that, I, that I've been impressed with. Like, like. Wait, who who is that on the radio right yeah. now? Like that, uh, especially that late the, her latest stuff, which is like like seventies pop. I don't know. It just has that great feeling to it. And so I've been obsessed with her because I think she's a really great artist. And then I found out she had, of all the songs she could have covered, yeah, <laughs> she put, it was like a four song um, EP that she had. The acoustic one, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and to for Golden Slumbers to be on there, I was like, what? It's like serendipitous almost, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, what the interesting thing about the original song is that Paul McCartney stole the lyrics from uh, like a lullaby. A lullaby. <laughs> and in doing research for this, I learned that Paul McCartney and none of the other Beatles can read music. Yeah, cannot they, read music. They cannot. They're just assholes. <laughs> that blows my mind. And then I started like doing more research and Jimi Hendrix couldn't read music. Elvis couldn't read music. That's correct. Eddie Van Halen couldn't read music, which blows my mind because I've always thought of him as like classically trained and I guess not. Um that that fact has always been one of the reasons why um, I, I love the Beatles, think they're great, but I think they were just like assholes who got lucky. <laughs> well, George Martin, I think, is is really, everyone tells him the fifth Beatle, but it made me realize how much more important he was than I thought he was originally. It, it's just, the Beatles are, are just, they got lucky because they had good rhythm and obviously they were talented, but a lot of their stuff is just luck. They, they covered a lot of territory that, Hadn't been covered before. Yeah. Someone, if it wasn't the Beatles, it would have been someone else. The Warhol effect, almost. Yes. <laughs> and so, but you know, that said, that about them. I, I don't know. I mean, even like the later, I love Wings. I love Paul McCartney's solo stuff. And I, George Harrison. Which one's your favorite? My favorite Beatle. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul McCartney. Easy. I uh, Paul McCartney. Oh man, George Harrison just like while my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. But then Prince did that so good too. So oh like, man. Oh. That that whole tribute was amazing. Um, yeah. I've always liked George just because he's kind of like the cool one. Paul is kind of the talent one, I guess. I mean, they're all talented, but he was definitely like, he was essentially like the front man. Like, I know John Lennon is the front man, essentially, but... I would say even more so, I it, it was Paul McCartney because I think if if Lennon hadn't passed away that I think he didn't have the personality to stay in the spotlight as much as Paul did. So I would consider Paul the, the front man pretty much no matter what, in my opinion. I don't know. By longevity. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think he definitely, I mean, John Lennon going and doing the Yoko Ono stuff, the plastic band and all that definitely, he kind of went into obscurity, but whereas Paul was a little bit more mainstream in, in that sense. You know what? I, I also don't want to get too deep into the Beatles because I don't want to be, I love the Beatles. Yeah. But I'm not like in love with the Beatles in the way like, oh my God, their music is incredible. I, I think I just love the Beatles because my dad loved the Beatles and we bonded over that a lot. I'm an immigrant, right? So like when I was growing up here, my dad was always at work. So I just always cherish those little moments with him. Yeah. That, that's that's why I love the Beatles. Less so because they're the Beatles, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's what this podcast is all about. I, I love talking to people about 
not just what music they like, but why they like it. And these little connections, and not, not even little connections, this is a huge connection, mm-hmm. obviously. And like what it means to you and, and what that song means to you. I think that's the most interesting thing about music from a cultural standpoint. Um, I, uh, you know, in, in looking this up, and in, in this song, as obscure it is, as obscure as it is, there are quite a few covers. Like Ben Folds does a cover ben of it. Ben Folds is I, a great one, yes. I didn't know about the Jennifer Hudson one. It, it's because it was on the movie uh, The Singing Animals. Oh, sing! That's right. Yes, that's the one. I sh- you know that because of your son. <laughs> my, yeah. my nephew's obsessed with that movie. Yep. Um, and then uh, Cheap Trick does a cover of it. Uh, Booker T and MGs, the guys that do uh, Green Onions. I think some people really respect that song because, and again, I think it's because he stole it because it was already a yeah. timeless <laughs> lullaby. So. But yeah. there's just definitely a, like the oh, and like Paul McCartney's when he comes in and the the. The, the scream? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's why I love uh, Wings so much. Feel it in your soul kind of scream. Yeah, like the the outro, the Dakota, the Hey Jude is like the best part of that song. And it goes on for, it can go on for hours if they need to. And I'd still be okay with it. Yep. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, um, I, it's a it's a cool song. And it, it's definitely, um, you know, with Dua Lipa's version, it, it definitely feels more like a lullaby. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with the Beatles, it, it, it it, it you, you hear the orchestration and it feels a little bit more like part of a movement of of the six song medley. And I think that speaks more to to do a leapa, do a yeah, whatever you call it. I feel like pop is like either overrated by a lot or underrated, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> severely, and it's never properly given a chance. But do a lipa was one like when Lady Gaga came out feels different. Her songs when I hear her sing her songs. They don't feel generic, as in they, her lover in general. It, I feel like it's Dua Lipa talking. Yeah. Which is not something I get from like Ariana Grande or anyone else. They're talking in generalized terms. I think that's that's why she did Golden Slumbers, because she's very personal with her music. And I don't know. I'm just speculating. I should ask her one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that, I mean, that's a good point. And there is, I think a lot about that in terms of like TV shows, when you have like broad comedy, like Two and a Half Men, and you've got the the live audience laughing and stuff like that. That is essentially like what pop music is. But there is an aspect of pop that is a little bit more obscure that only appeals to people who, you know, talk about different dimensions. And the time. Big Bang Theory yeah. is <laughs> as mainstream as it gets. And even that shows pretty fucking hilarious. and got solid writing. <laughs> so it's like you can find stuff in the, in the broad mediums or the poppy stuff, the mainstream stuff. I think there's stuff there still. I think Big Bang Theory falls into the same thing as like Nickelback and Guy Fieri. Like you're just supposed to hate it. Yeah, because yeah, because <laughs> everyone Nickelback hates it. is not that bad. <laughs> I remember there was an interview with uh, the guy from Black Keys, uh, the drummer I, whose name I can't remember right now, um, Patrick Carney, and he was talking about how he was annoyed that like you know this generation is going to look back and like Nickelback is the biggest band and. Chad Kroger from Nickelback responded with, "Whoa, the Black Keys think we're the biggest <laughs> band in music." And there's just like, I mean, it's, it's really a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're Canadian and this all shucks kind of attitude. But it made me kind of appreciate Nickelback more than I ever thought I would. Nickelback is is in that space where you you don't know where the criticism started, when, or why. It just it it just was. Yeah. And so that yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's just an easy out. It's it's kind of like and and. I respect people who say like Beatles are their favorite band, but on my first, when I first hear that, I just like kind of roll my eyes like, oh, of course, like the biggest band of all time is your favorite band. But (laughs) there is, there are good reasons, you know, and and I, I, I like to give people more of a, you know, more time to explain that. 
But it just feels like, oh, like I heard this on TV. This is supposed to be my favorite band. And I'm like, blanking right now, but I, I am certain there are a ton of examples where the Beatles songs are better as covers than oh, the man. original Beatles songs. I, I talked about that with my girlfriend. We talked about Fiona Apple's version of Across oh, the Universe. My God. That's my that's my version of Across yeah. the Universe. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. And, and then uh, if I could mention um, uh, With a Little Hope for My Friends yeah. from the Across the Universe soundtrack, that one is one of the best Beatles covers of the Beatles. And it's about a Beatles movie. <laughs> Joe Cocker's version yes. is perfect. That was, I mean, I grew up on the Wonder Years, so like the the, the show, not the band. Um, and uh, and yeah, like I did when I first heard that the Beatles version, I was like, "What is this circus bullshit?" <laughs> you know, like I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it, and 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 then I learned that you know Joe Cocker's version is a cover, just so much more soul. That's it. Is the word soul is. I think a lot of the Beatles were like just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what would stick. And like I said, they were talented enough to make a lot of that stuff work. But you give that to someone creative, some of that stuff that didn't stick to someone creative and, and they can do some real good stuff with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think a lot of it too is just foundation. Um, you know, they kind of laid this foundation. And you know, like I mentioned before, I mean, there is that, that Warhol effect of like, if Andy Warhol wasn't the first person to draw a Campbell's soup can, someone else would have done it and would have <laughs> exactly. gotten the same accolade. Um, but at the same time, I mean, all the stuff that they did post Beatles too, it just, just shows how good they were. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I've been listening to this, this podcast called Rivals and they were talking about, uh, um, Paul McCartney versus, uh, John Lennon. And they had a second episode, Paul McCartney and John Lennon versus, um, George Harrison, you know, in, in, in the songwriting room and George Harrison kind of came up within the Beatles and that and he kind of looked at them as his like mentors essentially. And then you look at the stuff that he did after and you know, all the stuff George Harrison did was just so like nuts. And then and I just technically sound. Yeah. He was definitely the shredder of the group. Mm -hmm. you he was know? a technician. And, and they're talking about how like all these other musicians, you know, Tom Petty and these other, you know, Eric Clapton, they all love George Harrison, but he didn't get any respect within the Beatles. Well, I, more, more than uh, Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> he's, what is it? Is Ringo the best drummer in the Beatles? Uh, or is Ringo the best drummer in the world? And then Paul McCartney goes, Ringo isn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually made me like Ringo more because I always just kind of assumed Ringo was just kind of just there. He was just lucky to be there. But I, as I've learned more about him, he just seems he was just cool along going along with the ride. And he's still pretty talented. I I, I sometimes don't like talking about musicians just because they're assholes. And like, <laughs> you have to be a little bit selfish to to be an artist in, in any capacity, I think. And some of the best ones like shun the people around them and yeah. stuff. And that just makes me think of like my, my grandpa. My grandpa was like <laughs> 35. I think he was like 35. When he just decided to fucking pick up a piano, learn to play again. With, he didn't know how to read music, and then he fucking dipped. Oh my oh, god! No shit. Yeah. So it's like I've always had that in my head as musicians. They're just like he's an amazing pianist, and like I give him all the credit in the world because he took something at thirty five and was just like, "This is what I want to do with my life. I'm gonna fucking do it." But also like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a real life Coco right there. Man. Oh, everyone tells me that. Is that triggering <laughs> when he saw it? <laughs> it was so triggering. <laughs> I, uh, it, I I think it's just my personal bias against musicians because of that. But I deeply respect them and I love everything that they do. And because I'm not like we just talk. I'm, I do a lot of shit, but I'm not like great at almost any of them. And so I really admire people 
who are really good at their craft and musicians are some of my favorite people, but it's just like in the back of my head, I'm like, that guy's probably an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely like a, sometimes there is, it feels like there's a savant aspect to it. People always, I, I, I always get annoyed when people hear a basketball player talk after a game. They're like drenched and tired and like, you know, they just did this huge workout and they're like, oh, they're so articulate. Like it's, <laughs> It's it's offensive in a way, Is but that bedazzled. Yeah, <laughs> just give a hundred ten percent. But it's it's funny because I do I see musicians like that, like these guys who can go up there and shred and like make a beautiful song, and then like they are the worst interviews because either they're full of themselves or they just don't know how to interact with people, and that's fine. Like it's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just so funny. Like you exude this confidence on stage, and you go in an interview and you're like scared to say like yeah. your name. And I think that that that's how they get there. If you're what like whatever you do for creatively, like whatever your outlet for your emotions is, I guess that's that's where it is. It might not be in interviews for them, and and I totally get that. But it's just like <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I just think they're assholes. <laughs> it's my personal bias against them, I, I and that's told- why I've never like when I said I want to make it very clear that I don't love the Beatles because I love the Beatles. I love the Beatles because my dad loved the Beatles and and the connections and stuff like that and. And I'm really jealous of them because they were so fucking tough. Like I'm like I remember when you told me about this podcast, I was so fucking jealous because I was like, that is such <laughs> a no brainer idea. We have so many bands here in town. They need like some sort of different outlet that's not going to be at fucking limelight or something, you know. And uh, you guys are doing brilliant work. Did I tell I you that? Appreciate that. Yeah, you guys are doing great. <laughs> You're doing great too, man. Uh, you got Ashley Bailey on our show. Yes, and we gave you a little shout out. And I uh, love Ashley Bailey, homegrown. Yeah, it was a great episode, and and it was cool to to kind of uh, to come together with all this stuff. I mean, I think we were when we first started, we were kind of talking about getting like our friends on, and we did, and then people started reaching out, and then friends of ours like you reached out saying, "Hey, I've got another friend," and and it's just kind of built up from there. And it's it's cool to get these different voices here. You know, I think that we we talk a lot about how San Antonio is like metal city, yeah, and there's just so much more to it than that. And it's cool to hear. I mean, you're just probably the third or fourth time we've talked about the Beatles in in, in large quantity, mm-hmm. and you've got a different perspective every time. I do you remember a while back when the narrative was that everyone was moving to Austin because that's where the opportunities were as yeah. far as musicians. I think people finally started to get that we're leaving to Austin because the talent is here. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they're going over there because they think the opportunities are there. But we have the talent here, and um, we, we just need to create opportunities for them, and I think that's what you guys are doing here. I appreciate that. That's, that's, that's one of the things we kind of strive for. We definitely want to you know, kind of show people. Uh, but at the same time, it's just fun to like talk and get different perspectives. There's been bands I, I've kind of listened to from talking to people here, and uh, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things. Um, but also like hearing your story, I mean, how you connected with through the Beatles, you know, I think yeah. pop culture in general is just such a good way to connect with family, friends, I'm or whatever. I'm a rabid pop culture person, but I'm also like a huge dweeb. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm always telling people to start don't start your own podcast because it's like the sh- smallest barrier entry, yeah, like for any most mediums, and um, you could really let shit out <laughs> in uh, in a really natural way. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, like I said, there's so many voices out there and there's so many things that haven't really been talked about, you know, and, and especially in the city. I mean, just from a community level. And it, it's really cool to have people. I think you guys, we, there's got to be a way to get you guys some sort of city contract so you guys could, like, um, use a studio downtown. Uh, they ha- 
they have the it, it's like a TV studio that they like the public access oh, cool. studio downtown. I forgot where it's at exactly, but they have all the equipment. They want creators to come in and do stuff. And re- remember when San Antonio was it Soundgarden? The it was some sort of um, like initiative to spur growth in the music community. So I think there's there's more that you guys can be doing through the city to help this because I, I can't stress this enough. Like this is fun and like this is fun to do, but you're really giving someone a platform like a, in a different way that's not available in San Antonio. I think. Cool, thanks. Yeah, just keep saying that. I always keep talking about how everyone always says, hey, I want to do a podcast. I want to do something. And I'm always like, yeah, do it. I'll help you. I think I even told you, I was like, I'll help you record. Like, just whatever whatever you need, let me me help you out. Because it's it's the doing stuff that can, in whatever funk you're in. Sometimes, like, I used to get really depressed when I was little because I'm not from here. And until, pretty much until I had DACA, I was just like, oh, this could go away at any minute. And that's why I never went to college, and that's why I never did any of that stuff that I really should have done if I wanted to do in media production or some stuff like that. But when I started creating and finding YouTube videos on how to record, what cameras to use, and then I found I got lucky and I found a mentor who like let me sit in on his classes at UIW. It, it's that for me, creating stuff, even if I'm like not good at it or it's not creative or I'm getting other people to talk to me, it's been it helped me get a perspective of my life in a different way. So I guess I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. This got deep, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's just about creating and it doesn't have to be super creative. You don't have to be the Beatles for it to like impact your life in a positive way. So I, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But <laughs> I love podcasting. That's a good way. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, it's a good way to kind of bring it back because I mean, when you look at bands, I always love looking at, these like classic rock bands or these classic bands and thinking they're like gods or like untouchable. Yeah. They're on a different level than taking back Sunday, you know, like and when you, you look think at, of them, yeah. you look at their music and then you read like, like I remember the first time I read a letter that Michael Jordan wrote, he could like, this was like in middle school or high school. And I was like, this guy can barely write. Like he's, he's a person, like he's a human. Like he was at the level that we're at now, you know? And like, with the Beatles and with the classic rock, you hear these stories where they're like playing and like just messing around and learned that they didn't know how to read music. And one, that makes it even more impressive what they do. But two, like, like, Oh, like you have a foundation and it's really easy to, to kind of just put yourself out there. The hardest part is like really putting yourself into it to where it, you feel okay with it. The, the members of bands in the past, like the old, old classic stuff, they had to grow up thinking that, they had to get jobs and do a certain way. Like that was a very old school way of thinking. And so they kind of like paved the way for this extended out of like extended adolescence that we have, like we're like late twenties, early thirties. And we're still like living in an adolescence type way where we're not like in a hard nine to five and we don't have like six kids to deal with. And I think music affected that culturally where like you could have, you don't have to have kids right away. You don't have to go into the, you can go and make some music and fuck up and go do some drugs and have fun, you know, to, you know, like, and obviously all that shifts. Yeah. But, but yeah, music and bands like that, that they were just doing what they wanted to do and happened to create some really cool shit. They, they really affected things in, in a much wider way than just music. I think also, I think it helps that there wasn't a precedent back then, or at least not a, not, not a pop precedent in that sense. I mean, Obviously, there was music and there was, you know, people that, that were, were popular and famous. And 
now like looking back with that precedent set it's it almost feels like oh if we can't meet that precedent then what's the point but no there's still a point to it i mean it's your music you know it's your connection and uh you know when it comes to creativity it's just it's it's always nice to hear sometimes i've heard songs that i didn't like and then i hear the context behind what the song's about and it makes me appreciate it more or maybe completely 180s it to the point where i'm like oh like i love this song now I, i did that recently with um I got bored from doing the we should hang out more shit. So I, I, I just asked my friends to to suggest something for me to do, and then I would just do it. And uh, my friend Jacob, he suggested um, for me to listen to the Pixies. I'd never listened to the Pixies yeah. before, except for the what is it, Fight Club? Yeah. Yeah, Fight Club, uh, whatever that song is at the end. And I went, I was like, okay. So I, I heard the entire Pixies discography. I got deep in with a documentary and can't say that i love the pixies now but goddamn, do i respect them like a lot like a lot they they were so inf- fucking influential i was i was really excited when i saw that i listened to did you listen yeah, to it yeah yeah I had no idea the pixies were that great yeah and it, it's funny because they they're one of those foundation bands there's so many bands i mean kurt cobain was obsessed with the pixies and you know he got steve albini to who did uh surfer rosa t- and come on pilgrim to do in utero just because he loved the Pixies so much. Um, so it's it's cool to like, I love those like blind spots. When you like rediscover those blind spots and you look back and you're like, oh, like I've heard about this band, never gave him much attention. And you listen to him like, oh shit, like I've been missing out this whole time. You have to be willing to, that's another thing. Yeah. Like if, if I hadn't been willing to like just try something new, then I would have, I still would have known who the Pixies were or how influential they were. You have, it's also still like, you have to want to, receive new information i think a lot of it too is i've always looked at listening to music and listening to different bands kind of like a role-playing game in a sense like i couldn't get into the pixies or i guess i like i couldn't get into like operation ivy until i got into sublime like i achieved a channel yeah i needed my experience points to go up (laughs) before i could listen to like operation ivy at that point and like I, i can't think of bands that that I got into Pixies right away, but there are so many bands like that. Like Teenage Fan Club is a band that I listened to in high school and I, I tried to and I couldn't get into. Then I got into our, our friend Matt's band, Rich Hands, and they take a lot of influence from them. And I think just it just opens up different doors listening to different types of music. It's it's almost like a path in a way. You're so right. I, I'm I'm such a basic bitch when it comes to listening <laughs> to music because I'll still listen to like the old Motion City soundtrack, Taking Back Sundays, and that kind of bullshit because it's so easy to just. I know the lyrics. I'm gonna belt them out in the car or whatever. That I I, I don't ever try new music that that often, and so uh, it's really because of my girlfriend that I I listen to anything else because she's on whatever news on Spotify. Okay, then she has her stuff. She's real indie, really like indie stuff now. That I don't know if that's because I've been hanging around it so much, but indie music has this um, new newish. Just feels cool. Yeah, it just <laughs> it feels cool, but it feels new. Yeah, even though. It, they're just going back to retro, like simple pianos and like synths or whatever. Uh, indie music has gotten a little fresher, even with old sounds. I don't know if I'm making sense, but maybe it's just because it's new to me. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And it, it, there is a way that when it when it cycles in, it still feels fresh. I mean, the bravery sounds like 1985, but not like they sound like 2005 and 1985 at the same time. Um, I think it's cool that that they can cycle in and still kind of start their own new thing. 
Um, you mentioned Motion City Soundtrack, and you you had them on their podcast. Yeah, yeah, they were my first guest. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, they were my I, first. I don't know if I ever got to that episode. Is it still available? Yeah, it should still be okay, available. I, I think I invited go you far to come enough. with me because I was so nervous. I had like an entourage of like ten people. I was so fucking nervous. I hear they're like super nice. They were. It couldn't have been nicer. I don't know how I scored that as my <laughs> first interview, but they're still one of my all-time favorite bands. What's your favorite album by them? Oh man, put uh, you on the spot. <laughs> no, uh, my dinosaur life. See, I know a lot of people say that. I I got really into I Am the Movie, their first I album. Am the movie's good. And Capital I, H, I think, is on that one. Yeah, I think that's the opener. Um, I didn't really give them a chance after that. Because I heard, like, uh, the one after that, Commit This to Memory, and I liked, what is it, Tell Me That It's All Right, and then... Um, everything is get, all right. Yeah, everything then, is uh, all right. Let's get fucked up and die. Let's get fucked up and die. No, there was the one before uh, the, that everyone loved, uh, The Future Freaks Me Out. That was on yeah. I Am A Movie. Yes. Yeah, and... Uh, I, I that's just, the one that everyone, like, really loved, because it was, like... I don't know what it was about that one, but for a lot of people in that time, that was Motion City, and then everything else was, like, studio-y and produced and... yeah. It, yeah, and I, I remember hearing the demos, like, the yes. before I heard, like, Boombox Generation might have been the first song I heard, and it was way different than what it sounded on the, the CD. Fun story about that CD, actually, I was dating a girl in high school at that time. We were both in high school, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were both in you high school. clear that. We were both sophomores in high school, and I let her borrow that CD, and she broke up with me, and we saw each other every day because we were in high school. <laughs> And she was like, oh, I need to give you your CD back. We still remained friends, but I was still bitter. And I'm like, no, you can keep that. Oh, so there was some heartbreak for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to that. I was so pissed because I love that album. I still love that album. I actually just rebought it. It's so good. And I she love was, it. She, there wasn't even like an, an issue like with a fight about it. She was just like, oh, I need to give you your CD back. I'm like, no, you keep God, it. remember That's CDs? <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to carry it in my fucking pocket the, right here. The Walkman, uh, like fanny pack, <laughs> yes. the belt loop. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, but yeah, um, Motion City Soundtrack was, they're so original and, um, I don't know, they're, they're some of my favorites. Um, yeah, I, I think. Were, you had just mentioned something before. What were we talking about? Just like a moment ago. Before, before Motion City Soundtrack? Yeah. Did we mention anything? Anyways, we'll continue. We'll, we'll, we'll come we'll back probably to probably come back to it, yeah. The thing I like about them, though, is that they were, like I talked earlier about, like, getting experience points. Getting into them got me into the rentals, which is Matt Sharp from Weezer's side oh, project. okay. And I. Reynolds are like one of my favorite bands of all time now. And it was, they have that Mog keyboard. It's Mog, right? Not Moog, right? I thought it was Moog. Moog. Moog is what it is. Yeah. M double O G. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought it was Moog. And then, like, I heard like the, the creator of it died like a few years ago, and everyone was saying Mog. I'm like, what a bunch of idiots. They don't even know how to pronounce this. And then I'm like, wait, no, I'm, I'm the idiot. <laughs> But uh, the rentals are, are fucking great. I love Weezer, and by extension, I love the rentals, and they have that kind of sound. And like from them, I got into the Anniversary, which if you haven't listened to Anniversary, that's like one of the best emo bands of all time. I'm gonna go back and listen to that. I used to get my music. Well, this is all. there was this guy called Leo Laporte. I don't know if some names are gonna click for y'all, but I used to worship at the altar of Leo Laporte. He was a tech god in like the '90s. He, um, and so he's the reason why I started listening to podcasts back in like 97. 98. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So that, that's, it, they weren't even podcasts. They were just like online streaming stuff. He did, uh, this week in tech, which he called twit. And so that was way back in the day. And, uh, I used to get my music from a podcast called Indie Feed. And, uh, Indie Feed was 
every week. There were, it was like a three minute podcast, thirty seconds about the artist and then their favorite and then the their song that they were oh, cool. reviewing. That's where I heard Valencia. Do you remember the Space Between? Have you ever heard that one? The band sensor. I don't remember the song. Yeah, they were at Warp Tour here once. But <laughs> the, some of my favorite songs were from Indie Feed. Just. I tried to do that with with my podcast recently, but dealing with fucking record labels yeah. is a huge nightmare. I ended up getting like four artists, and the last one I got was uh, of Montreal. But even to get off Montreal, like it was, I was like, I'm doing promo for y'all. I'm doing marketing for your <laughs> new song. I had to go through like lawyers and like record label lawyers and the band's manager, and and so like a podcast like that is like not even like feasible. Anymore. I don't know. Bet, yeah. I'm rambling now. I, uh, I just remember my favorite memory of, of Montreal is uh, my friend saw them when they came up to Austin um, a while, like maybe, what, 12 years ago? It was right after the Outback Steakhouse commercial. <laughs> okay. And there were people who were like calling them sellouts for that. I don't even remember that. <laughs> what happened? What Outback so, Steakhouse commercial? Because you know I can't out, picture this. Let's go Outback tonight. That's of Montreal. No way. Yeah, and it's actually it's like they basically weird out their own song because that's one what? of their songs and they changed the words for. And I remember um, the lead singer whose name I can't remember, and Wayne's gonna kill me for not remembering his name. <laughs> um, but uh, he was up in like a thong, and he's like, someone had like an Outback like sign. <laughs> And he like stops and he's like, really guys? Like, you know, I'm out here in a fucking thong singing these songs for you. Yeah. So I got a little money from Outback. That is insane. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I love the Montreal. And I, I haven't gotten into the, like, the later stuff just because I haven't really tried to. But they're another one of those bands who kind of came up in those like. You know, what? it wasn't of Montreal. Oh. <laughs> I talked to of Montreal. That's the one I couldn't get. The last one I did was Coco Rosie. That's why I confused the two because they oh, okay. both had albums coming out. But yeah, Coco Rosie was another really weird one that it, they're fun. But uh, yeah, Montreal. <laughs> what the hell? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's just so interesting. I, I kind of like when you're talking about indie feed. I got into the blogosphere, like the blog stuff, Stereo Gum, and like Stereo Gum. Was it Bear versus Gorilla or whatever? Brooklyn Vegan. Um, oh my god, I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> Quoting about Brooklyn Vegan is I am in one of their photos from South by Southwest, barely. You can see my dumb face during Man, uh, Japanther, I think, was playing. And I'm just, like, looking into space. I, I, I found myself in the crowd. Um, but, yeah, like, that, that whole, like, it's so weird to think that, like, blogs were, like, payola back in the day. This is, this what you guys are doing here that I would akin to that because it's, like, there's there's going to be people who listen all around the country who, are, who haven't heard of Ashley Bailey or whatever, so I think you guys are doing the exact same thing. You just don't bypassing the lawyers. We're and not getting to, paid for it. Oh, <laughs> yet, yet. Don't worry, that'll come. So maybe I can get my company to. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, I I think it's so interesting to see how much things change and then stay the same at the same time. You know, um, what a uh, you talked a lot about. You've mentioned Take It Back Sunday a few times. I mean, that's one, one of the, your favorite bands. One of right? my favorite bands. Just and I, and I always feel like a basic bitch. Like, <laughs> like I'm like I like Take It Back Sunday. Like yeah, who does an asshole? Like. <laughs> There's this, uh, I've mentioned this a few times, there's a, a comic book artist who lives in San Antonio now named Mitch Clem, and he started this, have you heard Nothing Nice to Say? No, I haven't. It's uh, it's a punk rock comic, he, he discontinued it a while ago, but that's how I got into What's him. What's his name? Mitch Clem. Man, that sounds so familiar. Um, he used to live in Minnesota and he moved to San Antonio a while back, but the very first Nothing Nice to Say, it's it's him wearing a Green Day shirt in like, 19, it's, it says 1994 or whatever, and like all these punk guys are like, look at this fucking poser. And he goes, he starts like 
getting into other bands. He starts making zines, making comics, and then he's the punk guy. And there's a kid wearing a Blink One Eighty Two shirt. He's like, "Look at this fucking poser." And there's like a cycle of these things, yes. you know. And it's just so funny that like there are bands. Like when I look at Green Day, I I look at American Idiot. I yeah, think about all the mainstream true, success, yeah. and. uh I forget that like Fat Mike is good friends with Billy Joe and like even though they're banned from Gilman, they still have a presence in the San Francisco scene, the Oakland San Francisco scene. Dookie, I I, I don't know why when I think Green Day, I think American Area era, but I I I think I still even do have the original Dookie album that I put in my CD player yeah. in my pocket. <laughs> that the, and I don't know why it feels like they're two different bands because they're so tonally different. Yeah, that I. Sometimes I, d- I just pretend like they're a different band in my head. I love talking about them because I think they're so interesting. And uh, my girlfriend's a huge fan. And we were talking recently about what was their peak. Was it American Idiot or was it Dookie? And it's hard because Dookie was at a time when CD sales were still kind of relevant. And American Idiot was at the time where it kind of was seeding off from there. But then they get the, the Broadway show. You know, they get all these other things. You know, 21st Century Breakdown doesn't happen without that. They were pretty much done with you know, Shenanigans era. I feel like that was was that the era also. Am I thinking Good Charlotte had an album around the exact same time? Because I remember the green covers. Yeah, the like trash polka type covers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I remember going through a, a Good Charlotte phase when their self title yep. came out. <laughs> I had the I, I lived in these apartments, and the kid who lived in the building beneath me, he uh, we rode the bus home, and he was like. Just like my mom got me the new Good Charlotte album, and I was like, "Who's Good Charlotte?" Uh, all we listened to at home was like Dean Beriche and Luis Miguel, and, <laughs> and I was like, "Good Charlotte," and uh, yeah, that's when it started. That kid forgot what apartments they were. I was gonna shout them out, but yeah, <laughs> that's when I first started. It was probably elementary was when I first started branching away from nothing but like Mexican power ballads yeah. <laughs> to like okay, the Beatles in English, and then like rock bands from there do you still listen to brand new i feel like we've talked about this online a couple times yeah you know place to bring it up it's hard because i try not to i used to listen to them so much and and maybe i want to say it's because of that because it's like this whatever righteous thing to like yeah not do but i want to listen to them i just don't anymore and i I don't want to give myself credit for anything yeah no same because i still want to listen to them i just it's a bad like taste if they in your come mouth. up on shuffle i probably won't change it yeah you know but i'm not gonna actively look for it um it's complicated and it's one of those things that like i i was definitely a mic surf for singing not swinging guy yeah. i i took brand new i was on brand new so even though i like taking back sunday um i i remember when they had that little when, when nolan left taking back sunday mm-hmm. and then they came back with the new lineup and they were playing Warped Tour 04. And I read some friends waiting in line to get their autograph. At the amphitheater? At Warped Tour. Yeah, yeah. The, the Verizon amphitheater. Yeah. God, I love that. And I remember I cut in line with them. And they waited till, or their security guard or whatever, waited till I got to the very front to tell me, oh, no, you got to leave. Which is whatever. I cut. But I was so upset that they waited, that I waited in line for them to tell me that when they could have <laughs> just told me that before. And for the longest time, I was like, man, fuck that, man. Like, I hated the second album because of that. It was so petty. I was like, no, man, this band fucking sucks. Like, they need Nolan back. And then I, I jumped on Straylight Runs. Like, oh, my you know, God, yeah. And I love Straylight yes. Runs. Fuck yeah, they're so good. Fun fact, that music video for Existentialism on Prom Night, Prom Night yeah. the girl doing um, sign language went to Calm Arts. Uh, here? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Man, um, that's awesome. But uh, 
all that aside, part of that reason was in part of the reason I was brand team brand new is because of that too. And then I don't know. I I just when you look back, it's like so obvious. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I remember I was in the car and I can't remember what song I was. Me versus sc- Maradona versus Elvis. I was screaming and I was like, oh, Ugh. oh, <laughs> it is very rapey. Oh man, yeah. And it's funny because like I I sick I I love your favorite weapon. That was my favorite album of theirs. Even though Dejan Tendu is way better. Dejan Tendu is so. I think that's their probably their best album. Um, but it's it's funny because what's it? Sick Transit Gloria is like mm-hmm. kind of like their signature song, and it's about him being the victim and or like the the the, per- the narrator being the victim. And it's just the only one I can still like really listen to is um, the one that pairs with um, the Team Max Sunday song. Um, oh, uh, there's no I in Team and then Seven Times Seventy. No, no, no. The other one that pairs into it. Uh, uh, I forgot what it's called. It's on the tip of my tongue. I'm gonna remember at like three in the morning. <laughs> they, um, yeah, it's paired with that. Uh, There's no I in team. Taking back Sunday song. It's like a, is that what you call a getaway? Soko Amaretta line. Oh, leave. That's the one. The one about peeing off the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- throwing bottles off the highway or some shit. That's like about that. taking back Sunday also. Yeah, because I know seventy times seventy definitely is. Yeah. They even like take, blatantly. Over. Yeah, yeah, but um. Soko Amaretto Lime and There's No Iron Team pretty much use the same chords and they start off with very, very similar lines about uh, being boring and dressing in oh, Sunday's yeah. best and stuff like that. It it also, learning the story behind it maybe, but even pre like all, all the- It's very the, rat beef. Me like, too. Oh, yeah. On? But it was so fucking petty and yeah. it was all, I think it was all Jesse Lacey too. It had to have been. Because I mean, it just had to have been- like from what I understand, and you can correct me if I, if you know more about this. I don't, I don't, but, but I want to hear it. John Nolan made out with a girl that Jesse Lacey liked. Yes. Okay. So far, yeah. That's and what from I've what heard. I was always under the impression that that was Jesse Lacey's girlfriend. girlfriend? That's but what no. I, I understood that it was his girlfriend. So to correct, that's it. what I thought for years. And then I've read several like Reddit's, which could be wrong. I mean, I don't know. I think also even John Reddit. Nolan has said. That no, he just like called dibs on that girl. <laughs> he like was like, no, I really like her, and he never like put the move on her or something. And I remember when when Dejan Tadu came out, my uh, a friend of mine told me, and I don't even know if this is true, but that that song that that whole album is very sexual because Jesse Lacey lost his virginity before it came out. Oh my god! And I'm not trying. I mean, I no fuck Jesse Lacey. I don't yeah. even care if this is like sad. Yeah. It's who cares if it is or isn't. <laughs> um, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if that was true or not, but it, it to me it made sense. So then hearing all this stuff and then looking at the lyrics, I'm like, oh man, like this is this is bad. It is really bad. And like I said, every every now and then it'll come up on shuffle and I have like that internal monologue. And I get I swear to God, it's not because for any other reason it just leaves a I can't sing it anymore. Yeah. yeah. And and it, that's a very selfish thing. It's like it's not even for the right reason. Yeah. But it just really left a bad taste in my mouth. And it's, I think about that all the time. Because it in other aspects of my life is just like something just changed. It, it's subconscious, yeah, and it, it's just something that I, I I remember when all these arguments came out. We talked about this a little bit with with Nerd Rock Josh a little bit, and kind of put that into perspective. You know, especially like R. Kelly and Ryan Adams, and I I think that at the very least we need to be critical 
Tell me about Ryan Adams. He just I just saw him trending on Twitter. What happened? Oh man, like a while back, about a year ago. So he's been accused of one like um, sexual misconduct. Uh, he's apparently been talking to underage girls online, and he was really physically abusive with previous relationships, especially including Mandy Moore. I heard that about Marilyn Manson recently. Too. Oh really? Yeah, for, he, he was dating Evan Rachel Woods, who was like, oh yeah, super young, and uh, one of the songs that he. Uh, he has a, about killing her. Yeah, and she testified in, co- in Congress. Oh, no shit. His, yeah, about domestic abuse and stuff like that. Yeah, Marilyn Manson apparently is not, not a great dude. I know Twiggy, <laughs> for, he's a guitarist, got accused of sexual assault. Um, it's like a, and it's one of those things that, like like you said earlier, like it's, you look back and you're like, man, like this is obvious. And a lot of like these, these sad boy pop punk bands that are out now, I mean, I haven't seen any like cases or anything, but there's definitely an aspect of that in the lyrics, and they're definitely like empowering that kind of, you know, behavior. Well, it, I mean, I, I'm obviously guilty of like, super, yeah, being super misogynistic. Same, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not fucking glass house here, you know. So just some stuff goes beyond the pill. Like that's why I brought up brand new. It's because like that was a band I really liked that I just can't listen to yeah. anymore. I think it's a, and it's a, it's a start, you know. It's definitely baby steps and. I there's this band I got into like a year or two ago called Jank, and they're fucking amazing. And then I was reading into them, I was like, oh, like what happened to them? They broke up. Oh, they broke up because the guitarist got accused <laughs> of sexual assault. Oh, the guitarist is you know now he, he refers or they're trans. They like to be referred to as there. Oh, okay. And then I I guess they thought that that could like I don't know they they're still abusive even though they're it is just a whole like snowfall effect snowball effect of, of things and now i'm like i i try not to like actively listen to them but it's one of those things if it's that, on shuffle like at one at some point it's just like you had nothing new with it it's like just, <laughs> they're just coming up on spotify yeah, yeah. and it's funny to see some people I mean, everyone's different of course and i see some people like well if the song was made before the accusation i'm like no i don't think that i don't think that counts man <laughs> You know what you brought up earlier was the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. I have so many badass music memories from there. That Warp Tour, I've gone every year. But then that's where I saw the weirdest lineup that I've ever seen in my life, which was uh, Cobra Starship (laughs) opened up for uh, The Academy Is, who opened up for Paul Wall, who opened up for uh, Fall Out Boy, who opened up for Plus 44. That's fucking That was an amazing day. That was Cobra Starship because I knew who they were because I was a little scene emo dweeb. <laughs> and then uh, Academy is for the same reasons. But then Paul Wall came out and I was like, I'm into this too. Like <laughs> earth shattering bass for all these little emo kids who were there to see plus 44 and Fall Out Boy. I think that there was a time when I look back and there was a time like right before that where there was a hipster divide. And I remember... I didn't notice it until the Carter three because so many hipster scene kids loved the Carter three, which I mean, I liked it too, but it was, he was one of those, in skinny jeans all over the place. He was <laughs> rapping. It's one of those things that like, I'm like, wow, like hipsters like little Wayne. And then I was like, yeah, of course they fucking do. Like that's, that's how we got to Lil Xan eventually <laughs> <laughs> like straight up. It's just like that weird. It's the butterfly. Wings. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, it's funny cause hearing that now makes more sense than it does back then. Cause I feel like there are like rapper, I mean, you talk, you hear about like juice world and oh God, yeah, uh, that whole yellow card. I, I've had this issue with yellow card for a while and that just, 
put, did talk about that on the internet. We we yeah. did comment wars a lot too. Yeah, not wars, just like yeah. talking. They're conversations. Yeah, conversations. We usually agreed with each yeah, other. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was like, wait, no, but yeah, the, uh, that's stupid. Yeah, is, is it them or is it the record label? It's them, from what I understand. Um, and it's just one of those things that like, oh, like they have our essence and like, it's fuck off. Yeah. Dude. It's just like real boomer shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And it's one of those things that like, I mean, I can name, I, there are probably several bands that yellow card has the essence of, you know, um, but, but then, and then juice world died and you know, I think they, I don't know if they put it back or if it was just a temporary pool. I never bothered to look back into it. I just thought it was dumb. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot of, that's one thing I love about re- watching interviews with, with current rappers, not just SoundCloud rappers either, and that's like a derogatory term now, even though it's literally what they, what they are, but there's a lot of younger rappers who are into lots of different, like Vic Mensa is like really into punk oh rock. Oh my God, Vic Mensa is one of my favorites. Yeah. I uh, love, I love, my favorite right now is Vince Staples. I like uh, J.I.D. right now. He, he's like the faster Kendrick. Oh yeah? With lyrics, yeah. Vince Staple though is the best interview of all time. Like I think he's if you ever watch an interview with Vince Staples, you will not leave like unsatisfied. But he talks a lot about like how much he loves Sublime. He grew up in Long Beach, so I mean that's like ingrained in him. You had this one local rapper, um Illa Champloo? Illa Champloo. Yeah. Yeah. He went to Warren too. Yeah. He was super cool. Yeah. He is super cool. Yeah. I mean it, it's it goes I, I love the the integration of, of all these types of genres. And we've talked about this a lot in here, just there's not any separate. I mean, there is still, but like not to the effects there were in 2005. Like people were booing, in like '99, people were booing Eminem at yes. War Tour, you know. And in '05, I think that's the that, gym. Gym class heroes that was at my first Warp Tour. Oh yeah. Wait, no, it wasn't my first. Warp. It was the first Warp Tour at AT and T Center. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, my girls was there. Oh, I loved Warp Tour. I miss what, it. And it's funny because. Uh, Black Eyed Peas met Fergie at yes. Warp Tour. Yes, that's my favorite like Warp yes. Tour trivia. <laughs> uh, the Warp Tour was my summer camp. I went to like seven years straight. It was so much fun getting to be away from my parents in the <laughs> summer. <laughs> like you know, super immigrant. Like no, you're staying with me. You're not. We never did summer camp. Like they weren't gonna leave me out of their sight. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Warp Tour. I have so many good memories, and you. Like Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I got to see there. Um, who was it? Uh, they sing Degenerates and uh, Scary Kids, Scary Kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They were so amazing there. Seosin with both singers. I uh, forget their names. Uh, with Anthony Green and without. Oh, really? Yeah. Some 41 was there one year. That was 04, I think. Yeah. Never Shout Never, I got to see. All these weird bands that I'll probably never get to see again. <laughs> But but yeah, Warp Tour. Did, did, were you a fan of it? Did you go? Yeah, I, I went from '01 to '06, and then I went from '11 to like '14, and I went again to the last one. I um, I loved it. Like I said, I went six years straight. The last three years in a row, I did media, so I got to interview. Yeah, we we uh we both did media one year. Oh my god! Yeah, I, <laughs> did I, I took I bring some you photos. No, um, I got on with Creative Socialite. Oh my god, Creative Socialite. Yeah, is that still around? No, oh, well, I don't. I mean, I think the website's still up. <laughs> Damn, I think no, they're doing crazy. they're doing bigger things now. The guys that run it. I uh, yeah, I did. I interviewed Kevin Lyman. Yeah, the, the main and uh, some other bands. But yeah, yeah, you did do media there. It's so cool, so much fun. <laughs> you run into the just randomest people there. Yeah, it is definitely kind of like especially like post high school. Like a re, it was a reunion of sorts, and it's you know we we talked about like the misogyny in, in the music, and I feel like seeing 
the bands changed from year to year. I mean, that there, that was definitely like a moment where I got caught up in that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it's I, really easy to, yeah, because I mean, everyone around you is doing it. There's no, there wasn't that much self awareness at the, I mean, I'm sure there was, and we were blind to it, but to me, it seemed like we, I felt like a sheep, just like, yeah, oh, it was like <laughs> everyone else is doing it, you know, kind of thing. Someone that, that reminds me of that, that I really love that I, I heard back in my emo days, but I was uh, falling in reverse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember I was just walking by because I, I didn't know any of the bands. It was like Black Veil Brides and all these newer <laughs> bands that I didn't really know that well. All I heard was like soloing, and I look over, and it's fucking whoever that guy was. Racky, Ronnie Racky. Ronnie, no, well, he oh. doesn't play guitar, but yes, him, that band. And he was just like shredding back here, killing it like traditional old school, like heavy hair metal. Uh-huh. And... uh and so I would have never found them. I would have never like even looked at Falling in Reverse if I hadn't seen them live, just walking by. That was the beauty of Warped Tour, I think. Is yeah, so many different genres and types of people. Yeah. When I went later, it was usually for just two or three bands. I mean, I, I every time I die, I love. And usually, I would go for them and like two other bands. And there's always this void where I, I have would to s- listen to Mariana's Trench. Uh, oh wait, no, that's uh, August Burns Red. I was I was confusing August Burns <laughs> as a late dying, but uh, Ebola Rama, holy shit! Yeah, every time, I, yeah. Um, oh my God, the Hot Damn is like my favorite from them. But there was points in time where I would just like not do anything, and I kind of regret because there was times like I would go there and then like I'd watch the three bands I wanted to watch, go home, and I could get a sampler or something, and like Title Fight was there, and I'm like, holy shit! Like I've ne- I did never listen to Title Fight before that Warp Tour. You didn't get to see them live because I didn't know them or didn't give them the time. And I was like, fuck, and I still haven't seen them. I uh, I got to see Reliant K there, who I'd probably never get to see ever uh, again. Um, Andrew McMahon, what was his? Uh, oh, uh, uh, something cor- I saw something corporate and Jack's Mannequin. Jack's Mannequin, that's the one, yeah. It was right after he like beat Cancer's fucking oh, standing yeah. on the piano. Yeah, I, that was like, oh my God, so lame. <laughs> like my Woodstock. I saw them in uh in '01, and I was with my cousin who was just out of high school, and I was like a freshman or I was in eighth grade. And I remember we were talking about because I had heard of something corporate, and I remember we we're in line, and my cousin asked me like, "Oh, have you heard of something corporate? Like, are they good?" I'm like, "No, nah, I heard they suck." <laughs> and Andrew McMahon was right behind me, <laughs> and I noticed it. And I was like, "Oh fuck! I hope he didn't hear me because like he seems like a really nice guy." <laughs> That's, uh, I love that we're talking I about I still this. don't think they suck, by the way, now. But, like, back then, I was a dumb eight grader. <laughs> I, I love that we're talking about because we can't have live music for, like, a really yeah. long time. So it's just, like, thinking about it's, all this. This would be a whole other podcast where you just talk about music. I would. I miss, like, concerts is, like, my all-time. I know you. I would probably see you at every yeah, concert. Yeah. So, like, you, you get it. Like, being at the show and seeing them performing live is, like, even if I'm not, I don't know what the band is or what's going on. I am like such a huge fan of musicians and, and music as a thing that going to concerts, it's my favorite thing in the world. And I know you love it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Um, we started with the Beatles. We ended up talking about Warped Tour. How does how things work out, man? Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts about Dua Lipa's cover or the Dude, Beatles? I didn't even talk about it. Yeah. Dua Lipa. <laughs> she's, I, I, I think she's going to be here for a long time. She's not like some one hit wonder. Yeah. I think she's an incredible artist. And I kind of wanted to talk more about pop in general, but my my really, my only thing <laughs> I wanted to say was that it's so either overrated or 
deeply underrated and no one ever really gives it like a fair like yeah. analysis. And I think Dua Lipa is one of those like Marina and the Diamonds where it's like, is that pop or is that something else? Because <laughs> it's so indie, but it sounds yeah. so pop. Um, so yeah, I think she's just an incredible artist and I was like so happy that she covered Golden Slumbers just because I have such deep connection to that shit. But yeah. Yeah. Thanks for still, having me. Like oh, said, thanks for being on, man. It's here. a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. So I listen like, to all the time. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, for those out there, check out uh, Luis's podcast. Um, we should hang out more. You just name all of them. I can. You want me to? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you want to check out wrestling, uh, we're going to start doing tacos and tap outs hopefully soon. Uh, we should hang out more. It's just like general interviews. I just like hearing people talk and getting their stories. That one has no theme, just random. Could be a musician, could be a teacher, could be just random ass people. Uh I'm doing work for the Express News. So if you want to listen to the top headlines, if you're in San Antonio, uh, the Express briefing is up every morning by like 7 a.m. Uh, in depth is uh, we talk to journalists about their process and and the stories that they're bringing to the Express News. And then I also produce a show called Puro Politics, which is uh, like uh, Gilbert Garcia, Brian Chasnov, all the investigative reporters for the Express News. They they kind of talk politics for about 45 minutes. So yeah, I that's kind of what I do. Also, awesome. I have a restaurant. Come by. Sabor Cocina Mexicana, 84, 25 Bandera Road, Suite 106. All right. We'll put a link in there for you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks a lot, man. This is a lot of fun. No, thank you. I know I'm lame sometimes. <laughs>